it's MC Devi here. You are listening to the Beat Beat Podcast, exposing the truth as we see it. This is a podcast where son, a mother of one, and a grandmother of three open up each other's eyes to the matrix. Look at the modern day world from the perspective of three different generations. Follow, laugh, and brilliantly analyze the tragic comedy we know as the human experience. Music you are listening to is by my late and great grandfather Sadun El Bayati. May he rest in peace. Yo 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 yo! It's MC Devi. I miss the sound of my old voice. My own voice, not my old voice. <laughs> Happy holidays to everybody out there. Yeah, it's Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. That's the day we're recording this. I am joined by the Reverend Summer Albayadi. Hey. The matriarch Barbara Albayadi and Hello. two kitties fighting each other mm-hmm. while we record. It, it becomes very hard to record. When there's two kitties running around. Well. Well. They were sleeping earlier, you said. Yeah, so. they were sleeping all day, and then you guys got home. Yeah. So this well. is your your guys' fault. Well, you should have you should have seen what it was like uh, shopping today. Even though we went to not like the mall or something like that, we went to small stores to avoid the crowds. Every time we would walk in, there's hardly anybody there, and then bam, swarm of people. Uh-huh. It was you manifested cray cray. them. I did. Yes. I did. It's I didn't want to be around them, and yet they come. What uh-huh. can we do? There's nothing you could do. You're a people no. magnet. People magnet. I told you in the house. I told you just get Japanese comic books. Give everybody Japanese comic books. Yeah, for Christmas. I went the other way on the street. I know so. you should have done that. Oh, I had fun today. Don't worry. I had and it fun. It would have been fine. Don't I had know fun. what people are getting and not getting. I know. Because Wait, are I people didn't getting get... Japanese comic no, books? No, I didn't get Japanese comic books. So, you know, now they're going to be all like sad that they didn't get that. Good job, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> well, then they'll know that I, I tried to. You tried to steer me right. Yeah. And I. And you went the other it. way. I went the other way. Yeah. It's okay. I literally turned right out of the doctor's uh office parking lot yeah yeah because i had a doctor's appointment today anyway let's go move on (laughs) what's the topic today the topic today is humility over pride Mm, that's a good one and i think it's appropriate for christmas yeah it is how so see i'm working on my interviewer skills (laughs) nice (laughs) Very good. Did you want to speak to that Hit first? It, summer. Hit it. <laughs> it's appropriate Reverend, for Christmas. Reverend Summer. Let's, let's send it over to Summer. Well, I mean, the obvious is uh-huh. Obviously. if we're discussing sort of Christmas and the idea of, you know, what does this season bring? It brings hope, right? Um, and how does one manifest hope in one's life well by 
figuring out a way to be humble. One might say, you know, if we're going to talk in terms of, you know, I went to seminary, so clearly I know some Bible, right? So if we're going to speak biblically, right, you're supposed to be humble before God, right? And so however God manifests for you or is, you know, whether you think universe, you think divinity, the divine within, um, energy, what have you, how do you walk humbly um, with others upon this earth? Maybe you're interested in earth-centered religions, right? How would you um, walk humbly at this time to bring hope into the world, mm. manifest hope? There was a, a story I read because I like reading Greek mythology because, yeah. you know, we, Greece. Right. And we've been watching that Troy show. Yeah. Troy. It's okay. The movie I with Brad Pitt's it. better. Yeah. But opinion. I really enjoyed the fall of Troy. It was really good. Yeah. It was good. I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know how much is true from the Iliad, but anyways. There were, is this story called Lactona and the Rustics. And Lactona was a pregnant goddess um, disguised as a human. And she roamed the hills and she was very hungry and dehydrated. See, the gods like to test people, mm. you know, to see if they're worthy of being mortal mm -hmm. and being human, actually. Mm -hmm. And um, she's dehydrated and she comes across this spot of clean water in the countryside and she goes down to drink and the rustics or the people of the country say you cannot drink that water mm. like that's our water basically and she goes water is part of nature and nature belongs to everybody and she yes. goes on this big monologue and the rustics say something, then they jump in the water and they muddy it up so she can't drink it. Mm. So she turns them into frogs oh. and says, you are... Well-deserved. Yeah, you are um, stuck to the mud now because you're frogs. Mm -hmm. Because they were prideful? Not were only arrogant? were they prideful, but they were selfish. Right. Yes. And Christmas is often the season of giving. Yes. And being selfless. Selfless, yes. But they were selfish. Mm. And they were prideful, too, because here comes this homeless lady, you know. Right. The hydrated homeless lady wanting to drink their water. To them, they were probably like, this crystalline water does not deserve your lips you're not worthy of this water mm. but she was worthy because she's a goddess and mm. she was pregnant with another god and they didn't know they had no idea that she was a goddess and so also the message there is you never know who is a god or a goddess walking amongst us right mm -hmm. so you honor the divinity within everyone exactly right? Um, I find that interesting. That's very Buddhist. Yeah, it is. I mean, well, uh, but I mean, it's it's 
that concept is, I think, um, I think across like religions. Cross, yeah. yeah, it really. Hindus, you'll see that a lot. Exactly. If um, you say Namaste, there's different right. meanings, but one of the meanings is my divine light recognizes your divine light. Exactly. Yeah, and and then of course there's biblical stories of you know Jesus basically telling people, hey, you know. I'm God. What right. about you? You you never know when I'm gonna be walking on this earth, right? Uh-huh. So, um and, and it's interesting because at this time there's the thought that if we're not looking at the the story, let's say it's you know, Christmas and the Christmas story and looking at what does that mean for us with regard to there's no room at the inn right and how can we train translate that now are we allowing the stranger are we allowing the stranger being translated into the immigrant right Mm -hmm. to have a place at the inn or are we putting them in the stable right to feel welcome exactly and now with um, all that's going on with uh, there's new contracts right the government has isn't it? Didn't I read about the government contracting um, with, with private, private industry? Yes, private yes. Com- corporations. Yes, who even some are nonprofit. In- oh wow! Well, yeah. and they're imprisoning, right? Imprisoning uh, um, undocumented peoples. So even those asking for asylum. Right, right. Even those asking for asylum, saying, "Hey, our life is threatened. Our life is in danger." And so you think about that. And then, you know, with the. There was something that you and I were watching. I don't know if it had to do with the Troy story or what have you. Um, the, the the Fall of Troy series that we were watching. Mm-hmm. But there was something because, you know, I mean, a lot of people don't know this. But if you do learn about it, or maybe this is the first time you're going to learn about it, you can. Um, you can compare and contrast Greek mythology with the biblical stories, right? And you see a lot of similarities. Um, I did that in AP English way back when. And then when I went to seminary, that also um, was taught. And there were a lot of people that hadn't learned that in AP English and were shocked. But I digress. The point is that there was a point in one of those stories in which um, you felt the oh, there's no room at the inn type of experience, right? Yeah, um, Helen of Troy was not welcomed there to a certain point because mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. got paranoid, right? And it was well justified paranoid because in that because uh, look what happened. Yeah, because look what happened, right? right? Yeah, right. But so here we're supposed to look at being humble, right? And and being humble before one another, not being prideful, not being um, acting like you're better than the other. Right. And yet. That happens over and over again, even at this time. Yeah. When we're supposed to really be going within and reflecting on how can I have Christmas, not just one day a year, but every day. Well, and there's a certain risk in being humble, too. Mm, Because those who are prideful... um, Get things done. Like to believe that you're humble for a reason. 
and therefore they mm. must be better than you. And it hurts uh, academically. It hurts financially. Mm-hmm. You know, being humble is something that we aspire to if we um, grow up in this, in certain faith traditions. But on the other hand, mm-hmm. we're not the successful ones. Well, it depends on how you measure success. Are you looking at... Um, ah, this is true. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we're very successful. I mean, the fact that we um, can sit and do this to a podcast, three generations, that's pretty successful, if you ask me. Well, this is what I think about humility and pride mm-hmm. from a young person's perspective. Mm-hmm. I think when you are young, humility... Um, shouldn't be as virtuous on the list you should be prideful and not prideful to the extent that you are entitled to something but prideful to the extent that you will work towards something instead of being content where you are so that's my uh, thing about pride and let me just uh, piggyback on that Because your great-grandfather, my father, once told me that as a young man, he was extremely arrogant. Mm -hmm. And he thought that worked for him. Mm -hmm. Everyone took him seriously. Egomaniac. He wasn't an egomaniac. No. Uh, It's not the same thing. He was aware of his value, mm -hmm. and he was arrogant about it, and he didn't hide it. Exactly. All right, so he became a great scholar, and... uh, he started building from the time he was a young man. I, as a young woman, an aspiring scholar, was very humble. Uh-huh. And uh, that, that didn't work. Yeah. You know, it, it, it cost quite mm-hmm. a bit. So, uh, but this is something he explained to me as I was dealing with my own uh, feelings of, uh, of humility and, uh, I, I, there are many female scholars now in my field who are like wonderful role models for me at age, age 80. You know, they're in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and mm-hmm. I'm where I am. And wow, I admire them so much. I wish I could have studied with them. Yeah. Well, and let's face it, at a time when you were studying... Uh, we had no female role models. Right, and, and and women were probably made to feel humble for being the first to study in a PhD program or what have you. Uh, you know, being what right. one of two women yeah. who are studying, um, wasn't it? One of two women studying? Well, I, I was... The in the PhD program? I was the first woman admitted to my specific major. Hmm. Uh, at the University of Chicago in 35 years. Thank you. There were uh, two other women admitted at the same time in our general department. They were in archaeology. Mm-hmm. And it took each of us quite a long time to complete the master's degree because we were held to a very, very high standard. Because you punitive. were women, exactly. Yeah. And, be, and so, I mean... So you were socialized into being humble, right? And not being arrogant. 
but we're talking about prideful and 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 if you just think of the word prideful there's a negative connotation but the positive would be being full of pride being proud of what you've accomplished and proud of who you are right and so i wonder if that was my grandfather's way of being it wasn't necessarily arrogant but it was proud of what he's accomplished well he he described himself as arrogant um well i was humble to say that then i suppose right well you've always taught me to be prideful to be proud proud i mean i think the negative is that you think that you're you're like the the best you know i'm the number one uh well i'm just gonna say it because you know we just have to mention i mean i don't think that we shouldn't mention it that we have a president that's facing impeachment right and um it, he got impeached yes i know but i'm just saying has he exited the building no the answer is no mm-hmm. so there are those that theorize that the exit won't happen um and is that being prideful i mean is that that's entitlement it's entitlement isn't it sure maybe some arrogance maybe pride being prideful has to be has to do with all of that entitlement arrogance you know um if we look at it in terms of the 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 perspective of who are you behaving arrogantly towards who are you being you know uh, like with with whom are you behaving pridefully right well it would be those who voted you out of office those who have called for your being voted out of office i mean you know um the people who have spoken for this right so you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like shouldn't we have a little humility and just go mm. humility means also being able to apologize and ask for forgiveness from another mm-hmm. right how many people have a difficult time apologizing to another person taking responsibility for one's actions saying you know, please forgive me. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're in a, uh, when you're getting relationship advice from therapists and what have you, for instance, they'll tell you to own it and to instead of saying "I'm sorry, I'm sorry that you feel this way," well, that's not really apologizing. Yeah, that's not I'm sorry that you know I made you feel this way or what have you. That's a little bit closer, but saying "please forgive me." That is humbling oneself. That uh-huh. is more effective than the than the I'm former. Sorry. Right. Yeah, I don't even know what that word means anymore. It's become exactly so diluted. Yeah. Whoa, was that a yeah, cat? It was a cat. Oh, okay. See, it'll See be interesting if you all hear that on they the removed a little podcast. Tree that was there. They were eating it. I did. They they, <laughs> they were enjoying the Christmas tree, so it's been removed. Uh huh. Anyway, all right. 
what do you guys think about what I brought up about, you know, <laughs> humility versus pride with regard to the presidency and the well, impeachment? Well, it's and, uh, clearly there's no humility when a person such as that can tell one falsehood after another. And I think, what is the figure, the current figure uh, since 2016? It's about 14,000 um, untruths. Yeah, right. right. Well, and, and getting away with it because apparently a lot of people don't care. Yeah, well, um, he's a very uh, different species i don't know how to phrase it but like if you um look at the buddha was humble enough to leave his castle mm. that that's a good Palace, analogy yes, for yes. the white house the jesus was humble enough to be proud to be born in a barn to mm. be born uh impoverished right mm -hmm. that's the right word mm -hmm. um in the Troy fall of a city, um, the prince, prince of Troy was Alexander. humble enough, yeah, mm -hmm. to go back to um, the farm where he was raised. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had no choice, but um, he still went back there. But he brought a certain humility to being a prince because he yeah, was definitely definitely he was reared as a um shepherd uh-huh yeah mm -hmm. well and then the prophet muhammad also <coughs> was not born into wealth right no he couldn't these. even read so he was illiterate yeah yeah none of these people right and it's interesting because then a lot of you see um the hero's journey right mm -hmm. that takes place within storytelling um you see a lot of this born an orphan okay think harry potter right right born an orphan comes to you know the the call to action to be a wizard and 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 figure out your powers and and then you know fight he who shall not be named mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, I know. What about Star Wars? Star Wars is out now. We haven't seen the movie. We're going to see it. Oh, the new one? Tomorrow. Yeah, no spoilers, Can't wait. Right? Can't wait. Yeah, Can't tomorrow. Wait. But, be, um, but same I hear thing. it's good. I hear it's good. But anyway, I and I don't know if it is. Hopefully it is. But um, it, the same type of thing, same right? Thing. The being called to, um, uh, to be a rebel. Yeah. Well, it makes a boring story. If you already have a small loan of a million dollars and you work up from that, it makes a way better story when you have zero dollars. Right. You exactly. know what I mean? Exactly. It's just like... like mm -hmm. That really is a hero's journey. Now, there's some stories of the fallen king that mm -hmm. comes back to kingship, like the Buddha. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He was a fallen king, and then he found his kingship uh, through enlightenment yes right well i mean he stepped out from his palace left his family because he saw people were suffering and he said i don't understand yeah i don't understand so i need to understand how do we eradicate suffering mm -hmm. right 
And so that's that's where he came up with the way to to not suffer, right? Um, but recognizing that human beings are going to that that they're suffering, right? They're suffering in the world. And so how do you deal with in the midst of your suffering, how do you find happiness at the same time? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's really all that I think religion should be um teaching and attempt to teach is how do you be how do you be happy well how are you happy if somebody else is unhappy right how can you how can you not be connected to the other connected to humans connected to the environment i mean you know we've got we've got uh, this whole climate change movement you know um uh, with Greta Thunberg becoming, you know, what it was, she Life Magazine, Time, or Time, Time Magazine, magazine uh, person, person of, of the, the year. year. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, there's a certain there's a certain humility that has to go with that. She, I was seeing her interviewed, and she she was like Michael Moore was being interviewed at the same time, and um, and he said I was just like Greta. You know, I was shy, just like Greta, if you can believe it. And the interviewer turns to Greta and says, you know, are you shy? And she said, oh, yes, most definitely. And she says, I love this because I totally get it. Even though I'm an extrovert, I totally get it. She was like, oh, yes, I, you know, I don't really like people, (laughs) you know? Right. (laughs) That was so sweet to hear that. But it was, she did, she would... I guess she was canceling getting together with heads of state because she doesn't like small talk. She doesn't want to sit and make small talk with people. She's about, you know, action and let's, let's take care of this planet. And a part of humility, a part of humility means walking humbly upon the earth. And how do we not mess up the earth? Uh Right. How do we, what are the choices that we make? to not mess up the earth. I was thinking about that today mm. because culturally here, everybody likes small talk. Mm-hmm. But um, right. growing up Arab, we go immediately to politics and go immediately to healthy arguments. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here, everybody just small talks their way. It's just like, oh, okay. Well, and I... Very weird. Right. I've heard that that is a very um, Californian way to be, too. Everybody in California is entitled anyways, so that makes sense. I don't think it's just California. I think the whole nation is that way. You think so? Make small talk? Yeah. Yeah. You don't get into a lot of depth in... uh, ordinary conversation with people well and Mm. most people don't want to hear about your problems so if they say hi how are you you're supposed to say fine you're supposed (laughs) to say fine or everything's great you never say really how you are right because nobody really wants to hear it and nobody really cares quite frankly yeah it's a passing thing we say hey how are you hi how are you that's just something that we say and i think when people um, come to this country, they have to learn real quick that we don't really mean we have time to sit and listen to all your problems, all your woes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's unfortunate because there are people who really want 
to have that connection with others and they really want to be able to tell you how they're doing right and that's i think something that's very interesting that that what we find is that also people feel um they i don't know if it's feeling humbled around others but somehow it's easier to speak to the stranger about your problems than mm -hmm. it is to somebody that you know mm -hmm. right and so uh, ha have you got i mean i know i've experienced it and i'm sure you have as well where you meet somebody and then the next thing you know you're listening to their problems because mm -hmm. we're very good listeners and so i think that's you know and i mean i do that for a living you yeah know, that so, happens all the time um but it's very interesting because th it's at that time that i really experience the divinity and i really experience the divinity within another when they're humbling themselves enough to tell me through right. it's beautiful i mm -hmm. find it to be beautiful and i find honored that somebody's telling me that right yeah. but somebody else maybe uh they wouldn't want that you know what i mean like people here are so selfish you know mm -hmm. like um in morocco we all shared the same glass of water mm, yes yeah I, they do that in other countries you know what i mean mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's a lot That's of a humbling, um, humbling selflessness tray of food Right, right. Everybody eating from the same food, same tray, uh -huh. right? Instead of separate plates. Instead of separate plates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a very humbling experience as well. But um, in that culture, it wouldn't be seen as humbling because it's part of the culture. It's right. built. It's built in. Right. Well, and I mean. Uh, I really believe there's something about that whole idea of breaking bread, right? That whole idea of we all come together and we eat together. Um, I, I, I think it's a beautiful thing when you eat with others. And so I'm always an advocate for anytime you're getting together with people, like eat. It's like so good, you know? Mm -hmm. um, not only is it nourishing your body, but it's it's also nourishing you spiritually, I think, because if you are, you know, um, uh, feeling uh, nourished physically, you can also be open to the spiritual. And that's why when people go hungry, it's so hard to, you know, the basic Maslow's hierarchy of needs. What are the basics that people need? They need shelter. They need food, right? And water. Yeah um and clothing so they can't become self-actualized until they have those basic needs met and then they go up a you know go up the sort of pyramid it's go like up a pyramid. the chain yeah. um to self-actualization so and self-actualization is really that that being able to um, be a spiritual person so we are very um, fortunate and blessed in this culture um, to have various needs met you know of course we're dealing with 
our own crises, right, in terms of economics and healthcare and, you know, and what have you, but how much of a blessing to even really be concerned about something like the climate to be concerned about you know not have to worry about the putting the food on the table and having um uh, clean water or having a roof over your head or you know we it's a it's a privilege to be able to um worry about the world and worry about um uh, our own divine self and mm -hmm. the divinity of yeah. others right that's a privilege to be able to experience something like christmas to give gifts to receive gifts that is all coming from a place of privilege and that should humble us yeah that should humble you i'm gonna have to excuse myself okay do you want to say goodbye to the folks no goodbye folks <laughs> Yeah. All right. She, she has, has somewhere to be. She has somewhere to be. So bye, Barbara. Thank bye. you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> She's so funny. Yeah. So let's see. Oh. So we've got, we've talked about humility and pride at this time during this beautiful season mm -hmm. of love and hope and faith, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is, do you know the answer, Devin? Mm -mm, I have no idea. Love. Oh. So this is the season of love as well. That's why there's so many Hallmark movies that have the same plot over and over again. Well, why does everybody get depressed during winter time and the holidays? Because they're missing family maybe family harmony maybe they're dealing with family disharmony they're missing loved ones so it really is all about love yeah so maybe humility means truly loving loving oneself and loving others maybe that's what humility is and pride is opposite not loving oneself, not loving others. Mm -hmm. So if somebody is prideful, then they are not loving themselves and therefore not loving others because it, you need to be able to love yourself in order to truly love others. Wasn't that just the ego? Can't you be prideful and uh, humble at the same time? I'm sure you can. But, you know, um, one way in which we experience and demonstrate humility is to help others, right? To serve others. How many of us serve others on a daily basis? Not a lot. Where we got our Instagram profiles to update, you know? Right. Well, and that may be serving others. I mean, um, no, there sometimes well, it's it depends. There are those who tell me, "Oh, I love your you know posts. They make me feel better. I was having a a bad day or what have you, or and I read one of your posts and that made me feel better." So, you know, in that way, I mean, I don't, 
I post a lot of things that are meant to make people feel and better. That have versus nothing to do with you, though. See, a lot of people are posting about, you know, how cute they look at this party. Right. Yeah. <laughs> As we know, I'm. I do not like all the photo taking. Mm, ah, mm, don't take a photo mm, of no, me. No, what no, if no. I look? Yeah. Don't look good. And then I'm like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to be vain. I don't want to be vain. Okay, I'm just gonna look like a a, a troll. That's uh-huh. fine. I'm gonna look like a an ogre. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> and then I'm pleasantly surprised when it's actually. Oh, that's oh, not that's bad. Nice. That yeah. looks good. Oh, good. Right? Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, well, Achilles is an interesting character in Troy. Oh yeah, he was really interesting because Achilles' heel. Mm-hmm. So he, when he was born, he, he was dipped in the water of Styx by his mom, right? Except for his heel, so his heel was vulnerable. Yeah, there was something about wasn't she, wasn't she like blessing him? Or yeah, like, but was it Styx? You got you got the sense. That it was like a baptism, yeah, right? Yeah, it was. He was it in was the water, and so right. it was like this baptism yeah. to give him some sort some of divine the, strength, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. made him superhuman. But what was it the river of sticks or something else? I do not recall, but that sounds good. Okay. Well, no. I think I'm wrong. Anyways, he um, is a very prideful warrior, and he's the best, mm. and he knows he's the best. Yet right. he's the second most humble character in the whole, you know, story. Mm, who's the first most humble? Odysseus. Mm. Yeah, Odysseus and um, Achilles had they had like a a, a bond. They had a brotherhood. Right? Yeah. Yeah, there was like a brotherhood about them. How interesting, right? Well, I think because they fought together in many mm-hmm. occasions. Mm-hmm. I assume. And they respect each other because they saw each other's own humility and they knew each other's own worth. Right. Because they were two of the best warriors, I think, is how mm-hmm. they were are supposed to be portrayed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that is very interesting. Um, like when, for example... Now, I have to say this. Yikes. I just have to say that that Fall of Troy is made for mature audiences. So if you're not 18... Please don't be watching it, okay? Yeah. Thank well, wait, you. Um, I just need to say that right now, here and now, because I just realized there's a lot of violence and other things that are inappropriate for young people. Yeah, I think the Brad Pitt version is better. Oh, is the, it? Just the movie. It's still gory. It's is rated it? R still. Rated R, okay. But, but this, but the Fall of Troy is MA, and so yeah, you should not Troy be watching it. Yeah, too much. Yeah. They, they go it a little... It was very gory, too. They go a little Ooh. overboard. Yeah, they really do. I like the I I, I like the storyline, but a lot of the stuff that they put on there, I was like, oh my god, not again. Do we really need to know this? Thank yeah, you. and I need like, to read I, just... I need to read Homer's actual rendition because I think they some of the renditions like I don't think it was well, all true. You probably true. read they the Iliad a long stuff. time ago, but I read the Odyssey. You didn't read the Iliad? I'm sure I read both. I don't think I read um, the Iliad. Uh maybe a summary i think i've read well the odyssey is one that for some reason i don't know why we we teach the odyssey a lot yeah. in um high school well the Ili- iliad's like a a shakespearean play that's what it reminds me of mm, mm-hmm. total tragedy 
yeah. tragedy tragedy but yeah just like you feel so fulfilled when it's you've seen it right and maybe the odyssey is studied more because of the hero's journey and teaching that concept yeah you know because that's what is taught over and over again yeah right, 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 right so that right. may be the reason yeah it, it really did feel like major tragedy but the way they i mean we don't want to spoil it so but the interpretation no, at the end this is an old old show I know, I know, but I mean, I'm just thinking show, in terms of what story, we just watched. The, the, there was a little bit of hope left at the end and that not everybody was dead, you know? So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. that, that brought some hope um, to the storyline. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily I don't know what happens because I would it, have right? to. Yeah. I would have to go back and reread the Iliad, but. Um, I'm going to read it again. Okay. That sounds good. That's what I'm going to do. Like and I will update everybody and then you will let us know well a lot of people say mythology oh mythology is bs and it's just you know doesn't teach you anything that but is not true it's not true um i think mythology <laughs> is the foundation of any cultural sense yes there's and many many mythologies mythologies are basically I mean, there's, you know, I'm just going to like break it down. Basically, it's, you know, creation stories. It's how, you know, it's how a culture believes it, you know, cosmology, uh -huh. how we got here. It's, um, it's, uh, how you should act. Right. Stories that teach you, you know, so in that way, they're almost like the, um, what are those called? Fairy tales in a way. Yeah. At the oh, same time, right? Here's another story Athena <laughs> and Arachna. Arachna goes, I'm the best loomer in the world. I'm better than Athena. And Athena gets pissed off. She comes down and is like, no, you're not the best. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to kill you now. Ooh. Yeah, because Athena's, you know, she does what she wants. Okay? Bad. She's bad. <laughs> and Arachna's like, please don't kill me. And she's like, okay. Then um, I challenge you to a loom off. And so they have their loom off. Athena is this big titan, mm -hmm. like a giant, just to make her make herself look, you know, bigger. Mm -hmm. And um, then Arachna is, you know, in front of her cabin, looking over the hill that Athena's on, and she looms first, and she looms very fast, fast, fast. Mm -hmm. And then Athena, Athena looms the clouds and she's looming so fast and what mm. she looms is she looms stories of that humans can't even imagine like mm -hmm. just the whole creation story of everything and oh. people are amazed and um while she's doing that arachna leaves goes to the woods and she commits suicide mm. and athena finds her and turns her into a spider so she would loom, you know, for eternity. And that's where you get the word arachnids. Arachn oh, interesting. But arachna was so prideful mm -hmm. that she was better than a god. Oh, or goddess. Or goddess that um, she was humbled so much to just destroy herself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Her life was looming. And then, you know. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and 
So, okay. So, that story tells us that pride it destroys you, right? Mm-hmm. The ego destroys you mm-hmm. more than pride. Mm-hmm. Why would you think you are better than Athena, the creator of man? Right. You know what the I mean? Creator of the universe. Well, Athena, Athena, or not the universe, but the Athena was humans. like uh, Zeus's um, daughter of like she was um, what's the word like favorite? It right, was Zeus's right. favorite, favorite daughter, yeah. and Athe- and she was the favorite because she was of war. She was the goddess of war, but also of scholarly things, and she invented all this stuff like the wheel, and so that was mm-hmm, Athena. Mm-hmm. Well, and so I mean right there it is another story another mythology about humbling yourself before the divine right Mm -hmm. humbling yourself whether you believe the divine is outside of yourself or inside of yourself or in other people right or you find it in other people you find it in nature right we Uh we have the solstice right that has um, occurred as well at this time and what happens with the solstice right the solstice is, you know, we experience the longest, is it the longest day of the year or the shortest day of the year? Oh, God, now uh, I've forgotten. But it's, it's the longest and then the... And Isn't then there a summer solstice light, and a winter solstice? Right, right, right. I'm talking it's winter. Probably both. But then now the light is coming back, right? Like, so now the light is returning. And what does light represent? Light represents hope. Light represents love light represents being connected to one another connected to the environment to nature and to being humble right humility mm-hmm. being humble are you joining us again excellent that's nice we were just talking about um athena and arachnia whatever yeah whatever Arachna, anyway arachnia the fact that that arachnia did not humble probably arachna because arachnids right Mm -hmm. Right. humble arachna's self before athena and was turned into a spider well the very fact that she compared herself to a goddess just you know what i mean that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah but but right but that right so then that well, that mythology is that a goddess and a god is outside of yourself versus within. So, mm-hmm. um, and then and then I just mentioned the solstice, the winter yeah. solstice, but you, you, moving towards the bringing more light. You know, but what I'm saying is you could look at it as um, the divinity in somebody else. So why judge yourself to somebody else? Like why why are you better than somebody else? Right. Right. Athena is still a different entity mm-hmm. and she's portrayed as a human being. Mm-hmm. So you could uh, interpret that as um, how, what I said. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. That's how I would interpret. Like, I know how the Greeks interpreted it because mm-hmm. they saw everything outside of themselves. Right. Yeah. I mean, they were busy with altars and praying to... Yeah, and sacrifices. Right. Praying to people, sacrificing their uh-huh. children. Oh, 
Oh, that was very interesting, right? That a daughter, what was it? Um, Agamemnon's Agamemnon's daughter had to be sacrificed. To appeal Apollo. But because he compared himself to Apollo. So Apollo was like, oh, no, you didn't. You can't go to war then until you sacrifice your daughter. Right. And then, of course, the biblical story would be that uh, that um, at the last minute, God stops Abraham and says, "Okay, okay, okay. No, mercy, you don't have mercy. to sacrifice. You know, you that don't was, have to I was sacrifice just Ishmael. Your, yeah, yeah. And then in the in the Quran, it's um, you don't have to sacrifice Isaac. You know, but uh-huh. um, I mean, sorry, Switch the other way around. The other Isaac, way around. And then it's uh, Ishmael for the uh, Quran. Yeah. Um, and so, right? And so that, yeah, I was just testing you. And uh, okay, you are humbling yourself before me. Uh-huh. And thereby listening to me, surrendering to me and what I tell you to do, so I will bless you, mm-hmm. right? I'll bless your journey to war. Exactly. And it'll so, take you 12 years. So with Apollo, <laughs> it was like, yeah, sacrifice your daughter. Okay, great. And okay, it didn't get stopped, you know? <laughs> right. That was not stopped, not like in the biblical and no. chronic story. Well, yeah. it's very much in Greek mythology that gods are merciful. Merciless. Un- mercilessness right not not merciful not but merciful merci- merciless. without mercy merciless. Yeah, merciless. Yeah. which is really interesting, interesting because then you have you have um the uh, muslim god right the, the muslim god is yeah the most merciful the most compassionate or, or the i mean it's the same god it's a monotheistic god but but that interpretation it's not it's not you know, it's not like the the God gives you mercy, not sacrifice your kid. And OK, you know, it's the same thing with the biblical story. Right. Well, I think what made Achilles such with an Abraham. interesting character mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. here he is um, uh, baptized in godly waters. And he's basically um, a god or like what you, the Hercules figure. But what mm, he says, yes. Exactly. Part divinity. Uh huh. But what he thought and um in the movie version, the Brad Pitt version, was he said the gods envy us. What makes life so beautiful is our morality and every moment, you know, make that's what makes it beautiful. That we know we will die. Oh mortality. Mortality. Yeah. And the gods are immortal. So you know, They'll never they die. So us. they, so being immortal, and if they envy them, that means the gods um, don't like being immortal. And why do they not like being immortal? Because maybe they're suffering. Uh huh. Right. And and so that's very interesting. That's an interesting concept to to understand that the gods actually want to be more human. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. And maybe that's why they're playing with the humans. Well, the whole uh Troy um story is just because Hera, Athena and Aphrodite have a quarrel. Mm-hmm. So Athena and Hera team up against Aphrodite and right. that was shown that's the uh metaphor for why for Sparta versus Troy. Right, and then why why are there why is it two against one? That's like bullying. Well, that's right? because the 
prince chose Aphrodite as the most right. beautiful, which is, of course, it's Aphrodite. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> it's just Aphrodite it's is the goddess of love, right? And beauty. And beauty so, of so. course, she'd portray as the most beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, Achilles doesn't really... He's like the... um. The character that um, doesn't really care. Uh, what do you call that character? Like the Han Solo type. Mm-hmm. Oh. The rogue. He's yeah, a rogue. he's rogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Achilles is like, y'all go to war. I'm just going to sit here then. Oh, you're taking my girl? Okay, I'm going to hang out here and wait. I'm going to wait. Yeah. I'm just going to chill out. Oh, well, what if they come to your tent? Okay, well, then I'll deal then with I'll it. Then I'll defend myself. Yeah, exactly. But I'm not going to help you anymore. It, it was really Yeah, but he was also, he was also like, um, like in the Brad Pitt version, he disgraced the temple of Apollo. Oh, he desecrated he, it? He desecrated he it. Dared. Ooh. He cut off the head of Apollo's statue. <gasps> clean right off. Oh my! Now, in the end, he dies. He gets shot in the heel, his only vulnerable sure. spot. Sure. Um. Because that didn't go into the water, that baptismal water, to uh-huh, make him exactly. completely divine, right? Completely. Because his mom was holding him from the ankle, probably from the heel. Yeah. From the heel, yeah. So, but the gods like, yeah, he disgraced that, and the gods didn't immediately reprimand him. Like it with other immediate. people, yeah, with other people, they would have, yeah, immediately reprimanded. Interesting. So they waited until later. Yeah, well, they waited for fate. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. And it makes you think in terms of they really believed the possibility of not changing your fate unless you humbled yourself before the gods, right? Mm-hmm. You had to like do whatever the gods well, said. Hubris. Or hubris. Mm. Yes, say more. Hubris. Well, it it's the fatal flaw is pride. Mm-hmm. Hubris. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that that is uh, a key um, in tragedy. Um, it's it ain't tragic unless there's hubris. Unless hubris. there's a flaw. Character what is, flaw. What does that mean? Char- the What's the definition? Flaw. Fatal well, flaw, it's, right? It's fatal pride, you know, uh, and that works through. I mean, you can look at Shakespeare's tragedies. You could look at um, Greek tragedy and so on. Mm-hmm. Homer. It's all the same. That if if there's not that and a couple of other things, then it's just melodrama, mm-hmm. right? So what there's people no call pride. tragic is not really tragic. Well, they went to war because of pride, right? That was the right, whole thing. To get Helen, Helena back. The yeah. whole, I could say the two themes that were most relevant were humility and pride. Right. Even when you looked at characters, here's Agamemnon, mm-hmm. the so super prideful. God. You know what I mean? He was horrible. He was yeah. horrible. Then you get Odysseus, the humble soldier, mm-hmm. who's a king. He's literally a king, ruled under Agamemnon. Mm-hmm. You know, that was just a... Co- and then you got the perfect balance of Achilles. Perfect balance. Mm-hmm. And then there's the prideful prince who 
instigates the war like why why you know what i mean mm-hmm. why is he so like that you know yeah so that's Who a good that? story um Hector? paris oh paris yeah, of yeah, course. yeah paris aka alexander yeah yeah uh and he was reared in humble you know had what we call humble beginnings you know yeah i know it's very interesting and then of course the whole gods goddesses being like an orphan just saying uh-huh just saying what biblical story does that remind you of what tell me moses oh okay thank you <laughs> for Muhammad. other people who don't know mm-hmm. you know and of course harry potter harry, harry potter, potter. <laughs> Uh, Harry Potter. I don't know why I'm thinking about Harry Potter. Uh, the Lord of the Rings. Mm. I don't think he had parents. Frodo. I know Frodo we never meet it. his parents. He well, had a, Frodo. He, had an he uncle. lived with his uncle. Yeah, Uncle so Bilbo. So I assume his parents are dead. Yeah, or something. I don't know. We have to. I don't go know. Go back and check on that. Tolkien's racist, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't worry about. Oh God. <laughs> oh Tolkien. But we love you. Um, hmm. Anyhow, I think we have discussed this to great extent. Yeah, and I have to like wrap presents. So it There's is Christmas more. Day. I have to cook. There, and I'm hungry. There Devin. is more to this, but oh, so much more. But we shall stop it here. No. Uh huh. There. Um, we should have a website up tomorrow. I'm what? thinking tomorrow's Christmas. How are you going to have time? We have to leave early. I don't know. I mean, maybe it'll be after Christmas. Mm-hmm. You'll let everybody know. Yeah, I'll let it'll everybody be soon. Know. It'll be soon. That's for sure. Because um, they have to run it through me. Yeah. Anyways. Like, comment, subscribe. Yes. Share. Because this was a good podcast, even mm-hmm. though the kittens kept messing stuff up. But now they're being so sweet. Yeah, they're kittens. I know. And we are apes, no better than dog or cat. I know. <laughs> they are being so sweet. They're sleeping again. Anyways, glad to be back. Yes. And I just need all. to say good night, Arnold. No, we have to do our thing first. Right. And then Mom. you say that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You need to wait. You okay. need to wait. I know how eager you are. <laughs> She's like, I got to cook. I got to cook. That's okay. Right. We are the, the bad, bad beat. Go ahead. Good night, Arnold. Okay. Good night. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy New Year. What? What? Bye. Wala wey, wey la, wey la, wey la, wey la, wey.